So how do we determine specifically how much income we need? And then we can worry about where we get it from, the taxes and the estate plan and all those things. But first and foremost, retirement is all about the paycheck stops. So now how do we generate supplemental income and from what source is going forward? There are many factors that contribute to success, skill, good work habits, positive mental attitude, and of course, proper planning. So let's head to the drafting table and get this retirement success blueprint underway with Michael Stewart of Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. I'm your co-host, Mark Killian. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. This is the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and myself talking investing, finance, and retirement. And we're going to talk about the king, not Elvis, but retirement plan and how customization can be the king when planning for retirement. And I guess we should talk with uh, with our own you know, kind of super cool guy. Mike, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm doing very well. It's football season, so uh, put a little smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, you guys got uh, the Red Rocket there, right? So Dalton looks like his. I saw a couple of preseason games. Look like he's doing okay. Yeah, we'll see. I think he's just just keeping the keeping the clipboard warm for uh, Justin Fields at some point. But yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it was uh, preseason. Exciting, yeah. exciting times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always preseason, right? You never know how it's going to shake out when you got some new people in there. So we'll see how it plays out. But I started to call you the king, but I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Since we were talking about retirement planning customization, uh, and we're going to get into that in just a second. But uh, before we do, let's uh, let's check out some headlines and see what we got going on that I wanted to bring up to you. Um, it's many kind of predicted, Mike. I guess May. I guess the data is now saying May might have been the peak of the housing market. Uh, June and July appeared to be down. I think August is trending that way. Uh, at the time we're doing this, this is our September podcast, but we're taping it the last week of August here. So it looks as though it's starting to cool finally in that in that super hot housing market. Any conversations you've been having with clients or any questions been coming up from folks uh, in this arena? Yeah, whether it's real estate or it's the investments and that, uh, we, we always just tie it back to the plan that we have. You know, I know that's going to be one of our topics a little bit later in the show here, but it's really about what do you need to do. And so just because housing prices are elevated compared to where they were maybe a year or so ago, uh, doesn't necessitate that you necessarily want to sell or even buy at this point. You know, part of that is, let's say your home went up arbitrarily 20% in the last 12 to 18 months with the pandemic and everything else going on and 0% interest rates. Does that mean you sell it? Well, if your plan says you sell it, you know, so if you were essentially going to already say, hey, we're going to downsize. It's a great time to cash out on our house. Now, granted, you might be overpaying for what you go into as well, because everything's kind of appreciated along those lines. But if it's part of the plan, the natural step-by-step that you're going to already do, well, yeah, sure, that's one way to take advantage of it. But just because things are elevated from a price standpoint, that could be either the market or real estate, doesn't necessarily mean that you change what your original intent was. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's great that it might be worth more, but when it's your domicile, where it's when you, where you want to live, then really it doesn't matter if it's worth any more or less because it's your home at the end of the day. Gotcha. Yeah, and it, obviously it's been a lot of people have been doing interesting things with this. A buddy of mine was like, "Now nah, I'm going to sell right now," and I'm like, "Well, you do realize that you know you could be paying you know high prices as well, right? Because if you're you know yes, you're getting you're able to sell for more, but you're also buying for more. But he's got this crazy plan. Him, they're going to live in a camper for a while and travel <laughs> around and so on and so forth and wait for the the buying market to cool and then uh, and then jump back in. So you know it's all about having a plan and a strategy. And of course, he's you know a little younger than our normal demographic. He's in his uh, early 40s, but 
Still, you want to make sure that you've got a good plan that addresses everything, and that's why we're going to talk about uh, customization and how it's the king uh, when it comes to getting things put together for your retirement. So, you know, the one-size approach fits all cookie-cutter thing. Every industry has it, right, Mike? And, and this is certainly no different. But you don't really truly get any, I don't know, I don't, feel, I don't feel like you get any real personalization with that stuff. It's like these brokerage houses. It's how many people can we push into product A, B, or C, whatever that kind of looks like. And everybody kind of, you know, fits the same mold. So let's talk about a few points that would truly make it more customizable or customized. Uh, depending on how you want to word that. So what about like a planned retirement age? Any validity to that? Like saying, sitting down and saying, okay, what is the actual age you're shooting for? Yeah, absolutely. So at Crystal Lake Tax and Financial, we're more plan-driven and process-driven, right? The the investments are just tools to get you to where you need to be. And unfortunately, as you mentioned and alluded to before, is you know the investment community, the big brokerage firms and that, it's just about pushing product for the most part. Not that they're not bad people. It just, that's their business model. You know, when it comes to like independent fiduciaries like ourselves, it's really about what, what does a client need? And that's where you are financial plan driven and you are process driven. And then that process and plan determines the allocation. And one of those things is your planned retirement age. It's kind of like Alice in Wonderland when they say, you know, if you, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Right. Well, it's kind of the same thing. So when we put together, you know, we sit out with clients on the planned retirement age and say, okay, in a perfect world, and yesterday can't be the answer, you know, and they'll chuckle at that. But I said, you know, when, if all the stars aligned and the numbers worked, when would you like to retire realistically? And let's say they're 60 years old right now. And they said, you know, 63. Great. Let's put a flag in the sand and then we'll plan towards 63 and see if it's doable or not. And if it is, that's great. But the reason we want that is one, it's going to identify any gaps that we need to take care of over the next few years as we're trying to get there. It allows us to kind of proportion ourselves and all of our activities to do that. And at the same time, if you're not going to be on track for that, then you want to know that as early as possible so you can start making those changes too. So you, you okay. got to put that flag in the sand and have a set retirement age. Now, here's the thing. You could approach 63 and say, no, I'm still good for another couple of years. That's great. But because we plan for it, it's now your decision, not someone else's. Yeah. And, and of course, if you need to move that goal, right, you could, that target goal, but at least it gives you some place to kind of plant that flag and roll. Uh, so I like that that approach on that. So then we go into the second piece, which is, you know, okay, so let's talk about the lifestyle and then how to pay for it, the income needs, because, you know, I joke all the time on, on different shows and having conversations, Mike, that I, I doubt anybody comes in and says, hey, I want to go backwards in retirement. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody wants to live a diminished lifestyle in retirement. That's not what you saved for and what you wanted to do. In fact, the first step of our retirement success blueprint, our financial planning process, mm -hmm. is the retirement income plan. And it's basically saying that, okay, in retirement, income is the outcome. So how do we determine specifically how much income we need? And then we can worry about where we can get it from and the taxes and the estate plan and all those things. But first and foremost, retirement is all about the paycheck stops so now how do we generate supplemental income and from what source is going forward? Okay. All right. And yeah, because again, I love that saying too, the income is the outcome because it's so true, right? We get fixated on big numbers or whatever the case is. And really, we need to kind of think about exactly what do we need to make this whole thing uh, you know, flow and work. And part of that's going to be talking about risk. And maybe that's where you start making adjustments along the way so that you can, you know, tweak that plan as needed based on what's happening in, in your life and the environment or, or whatever the case might be, because our tolerance is going to change. 
No, absolutely. And, and there's really a difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity. And I think it's important that clients understand this. So risk tolerance is, you know, how tolerant are you of risk? Yeah, I'm comfortable if the market goes up and down. Well, that's risk tolerance. But when you're approaching or in retirement, what's more important than risk tolerance is risk capacity. It's you might be comfortable with it, you know, on a day in, day out basis. But do you and your family have the capacity for taking on risk. And I'll give you a great example. We sat down with a prospective client last week. They had a little over a million dollars in the retirement plans. And the conversation that we had is they're about 70% in the market. So we ran a risk analysis, a risk analyze report for them. And it basically said that, okay, let's go back to the last bad bear market that we had. Not one of the man-made ones like, you know, the Corona crash, but let's go back to, you know, 07, 08, 09, where the markets dropped about 50% showing them that the current holdings that they have right now in that same scenario, so not anything that we're suggesting, but just what you own today, if that were to happen again, you would be down a little over 40%. And they said, well, no, that, that couldn't happen. I said, I'm just showing you the results from what you already own. So if you're a million dollar portfolio and they're already retired, if you're a million dollar portfolio, you woke up and in the next six months, it was $600,000. Would that impact your retirement? And of mm. course it would. That means that they don't have the capacity to take that amount of risk because it would change their lifestyle in retirement. So sometimes it's not about trying to just get more and more and more. You know, that's where the risk tolerance comes in. That's where the greed comes in. It's really about how much risk should I take in order to accomplish the things that I need to now that the paychecks have stopped. Okay. And so if we're trying to accomplish those things and we're not focusing on, you know, any one number, what are some other things we might focus on? Because a lot of us will focus on our longevity and like, okay, well, how do we keep this number where we need it for, you know, the entirety of what, you know, hopefully is a nice long retirement. And some people will focus too much. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself on family history and health history and maybe saying that that's going to, you know, check us out early or really long or whatever. How much focus do you put in there? You know, first and foremost, you want to plan for a long retirement independent of health. You know, now it's something, you know, now if there's terminal illness or something, well, of course you'll adjust on the fly. But ideally, you know, you don't want to plan and say, well, nobody in my family's lived past 72, so I'm just going to plan to 72 because I'd hate to get to 72 in a day and all of a sudden you're out of money and you're saying, well, the plan didn't work now, you know, but we it worked until it didn't. So longevity is what we want to plan for, independent of even family history. You know, of course, if you have longevity, that's important. The reason we want to plan for it, and we've talked about this on the last several shows, is longevity is a multiplier of risks. And, and a lot of people say, well, I don't really get that. But what a multiple, why longevity is a multiplier of risks is think about all the other risks that are out there. It's not just living too long. It's what happens when you live longer, when you start living 10 years, 20 years, 30 years longer. There's a greater likelihood the longer you live, the more likely you're going to have to experience several bear markets. The longer you live, the cost of living inflation is going to be substantially higher. The longer you live, the tax rates are probably going to be higher than they are today. The longer you live, the more chances that you're going to need more money for healthcare over time. So longevity is a multiplier of risk, and that's why it's important it needs to be planned for. Okay, so we're talking about this, you know, customization aspect of our retirement plans. And, you know, Mike, a lot of these I don't like these cookie cutter things. I'm, I guess there's just no easier way to put it. They don't really address a lot of these pieces. And one of them is also like legacy. Like it's kind of just a general, well, you know, here's what we're doing kind of thing versus really diving into it because not everybody's going to want to leave something or they're going to want to leave, you know, a different amount than a, another person and so on and so forth. So do you really need to 
dive down into that desire for each individual's financial legacy, whether it's to leave them a credit card statement and a bill <laughs> or what, or to give them something, you know, whatever the case might be. Yeah. I mean, I'll put a bow on this entire topic by saying that most people come into our office, prospective clients, whether they were do-it-yourselfers or they're working with one of the big firms out there and they have what's called an investment plan. And what I mean by that is they've got this junk drawer of over the last 30 years of accumulated stocks and bonds and mutual funds and annuities and life insurance and some savings accounts. I've got all this hodgepodge bouillabaisse of stuff that's out there, but nobody's ever actually shown them how to put their arms around it and coordinate it. And that's why when we do our retirement success blueprint, it's composed of five different areas. And this is really going to tie all this together. The first one is what's our retirement income plan? Where are we getting our income from in retirement so we can count on income coming in, not spending principal, but actually getting interest and dividends and income that we can spend in good markets and bad. That's followed by the investment allocation plan. Well, based on generating that kind of income and a rising income over time, how should the money be invested? Because we don't want to take risk for the sake of risk. Third is a tax plan. Okay, so are there ways that not only reduce our taxes this year, but over the next 20, 30 years of retirement? For a lot of clients, we show them how to save hundreds of thousands of dollars in unnecessary taxes. The fourth part is healthcare plan. We talked about it. Long-term care, home-based care, assisted living facility. How would we pay for it without jeopardizing the livelihood and the lifestyle of the spouse that's not impacted? And the last part to your last question is, what's the estate plan? You know, what do we have the right documents in place to leave the legacy that we want with the least amount of government intervention, least amount of taxation, least amount of time and issues to our executor and to our kids and our grandkids or even charitable organizations that we want to go there. When you touch all five of those areas, you now have a true financial plan. We call ours the retirement success blueprint. You don't just have an investment plan because when you go to the other big box stores, if you will, of the financial world, uh, what you wind up getting is a 60-40 portfolio of stocks and bonds. It's not really managed. You don't really get a relationship. They don't talk to you about taxes. They don't talk to you about your estate plan. So really, you have an investment plan or that junk drawer of stuff, investment stuff. But what you really need is something that coordinates all these things together. That's having a customized plan. Well, I think that's a great way to put that bow on it and wrap it all up. So let's go ahead and finish up this week's podcast with some email questions or a email question. We typically do one uh, on most shows. So let's stop by and do that real fast. And if you'd like to submit your own, uh, just go to crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. You can drop an email. Uh, any email questions obviously get answered by uh, Mike and the team, but you know we pick certain ones at time to time, just kind of random, draw them out of the hat uh, for here on the podcast. And we've got Charles in Winnetka. And he's got a cool question here for you. Uh, he says, I've been very blessed and I've probably have more money in investments than I'll need during my life, Mike. So should I start giving away money to my kids? We were just talking about this and grandkids so they don't have to worry so much about estate taxes and probate costs later on. So should he give some money away now or later? Yeah, Charles, everybody's situation is going to be a little bit unique here, but what, you know, in kind of a bigger, just so it's impactful for everybody, including yourself here is what you want to do is you kind of go back with it. And that last time we talked about the retirement success blueprint, right? So we make sure that we got our income plan covered, our allocation plan, our taxes, our health care for long-term care, our estate plan, all of those boxes are checked. So we truly have a true financial plan. Then if we have additional resources left over that we don't need for current income or we don't need for long-term care or something down the road, then Charles, we get to have that conversation about saying, would you like your beneficiaries, whether it's the kids, the grandkids, the charitable organizations, the churches, whomever it is, 
Would you like to see them benefit from the, the excesses that you have while you live? Another thing of that is when it comes to estate taxes, probate costs, taxes, uh, you know, cost, uh, income taxes, all these kind of things is part of that tax plan and estate plan that we assist you in putting together is going to kind of uncover all of those potential risks and costs. So then we say, okay, if we're concerned about leaving the kids a huge tax time bomb because we have all of our money in pre-tax IRAs and 401ks, well, then should we be using a Roth conversion plan? Not as much so you can get a tax-free benefit, but so it's inherited tax-free. Do we want to leverage life insurance if you don't want to take dimes and buy dollars of tax-free benefit for them down the road? So Charles, yeah, when, if you should you start giving it away? You know, we'd love to put that plan together for you because what it'll show you is one, are you going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Two, if something happens to you, is your spouse going to be okay? And three, are you still going to be able to leave the legacy that you want to, even if that legacy means you get to start doling it out a little sooner than later, because it's going to give you confidence of knowing that if you're doing that, it's not going to impact your retirement future. All right. Well, great question, Charles. Thank you so much. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit as well. As always, make sure you follow up with a qualified professional like Mike before you take any action on something you hear on this podcast or any others when it's financially related. And you can reach out to Michael directly at 815-526-3092 or go to the website, crystallaketax.com. That's crystallaketax.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you like to use. You can find it all right there at the website, whether you're a Spotify user or Apple or Google Podcast or whatever that might be, iHeart, so on and so forth. Mike, thanks for hanging out as always and spending some time chatting with me on this stuff. I always appreciate your time and I hope you have a great week. Take care of yourself, Mark. We'll talk soon. We'll see you next time here on the Retirement Success Blueprint with Michael Stewart from Crystal Lake Tax and Financial. Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are not associated entities. Crystal Lake Tax and Financial is a franchise of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC, are associated entities.